listening to The Defiant Ones, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of Defy. Hey, what's up? It's The Defiant Ones, episode number six. Uh, my name is Kevin Deers, host of The Defiant Ones, and before we go any further, I wanted to... Wish you a very happy holidays, whatever holiday you're celebrating. I know it's a very odd time uh, here in 2020, and, and we might not be able to have as big of get-togethers with the family, with the friends, with your loved ones. But I hope that you're staying safe and staying sane. Watch some Defy Wrestling or watch some wrestling of any kind. Uh, hang out with your dogs and your cats. Stay warm. Uh, eat some some very uh, calorie-heavy food. Uh, get your carb on. And just enjoy uh, life and enjoy the rest of 2020. Kind of a shit year. But, you know, it's all good. Uh, in the end, we will be back in full force, uh, hopefully, and uh, what, I'll be talking with uh, Mr. Jim Perry here about, you know, moving forward. What are some plans, uh, if there are any plans, or how things are going? Uh, Jim Perry, one of the men behind Defy, what is your official role, sir? What is your, what is your name? What is your, uh, your business card title? Well, you know, I actually threw away all my business cards last week. Oh. Uh, not just because I'm moving, but because the title was maybe owner or founder or something. But yeah. the, the, the title really is whatever it needs to be done, sure. honestly, uh, between me and the rest of the teammates, which is a very large community of folks. Yeah. It takes an entire community to run Defy and to put on these events and everything else that goes along with it. So, you know, I just fit in where I can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely in the business of helping others find opportunity and uh, doing good work and, and, and working together. And so I know that was a weird way to answer your very simple question. That's but okay. <laughs> well, another reason you probably it's good to throw away the cards is uh, it's not like you can hand it to anyone. You know, you probably just see your wife and, and, <laughs> and your dog. So what are you going to hand it to your dog? You know, we ain't seeing anyone yeah. in person. She kept going like, why are you handing me these cards every single day? Exactly. You're uh, going crazy. I want to feel important. <laughs> I want to feel important. Uh, okay, so Jim, um, it's been a wacky year. Obviously, the last uh, Defy show was right before all of this insanity of COVID and yeah. at least um, what we found out about COVID. Um, so... Tell me a little bit about how you've been. Uh, you you obviously do a lot of podcasting with Euphemit, and uh, you know you're, you stay busy and whatnot. But how you've been staying sane? How you've been staying safe? And uh, what's been what's been keeping you busy for the last you know nine months or so since we last saw you uh, at a Defy show? Well, I feel very thankful, firstly, because I'm very privileged mm -hmm. in the situation I have right now. Uh, not to say that it hasn't been taxing and hard and uh, sort of emotionally crushing in, in terms of, you know, my response to it and also financially very challenging for yeah. sure. But, you know, my wife and I moved down to the Oregon coast before all of this happened. And so because of that, we found ourselves in a situation that we were close with my mother-in-law. Uh, we sheltered together. And so we've had a little bit more of a family atmosphere through yeah. this, which we definitely wouldn't have in Seattle, being mm -hmm. sort of sequestered away in the, into an apartment. So I feel very lucky that 
you know, we did that beforehand. It's not even, you know, sort of by chance, right? Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I still am dealing with sort of this anxiety and just, uh, I don't know, man, I'm like, I feel, I still feel like I'm just going nuts every day with wanting to do things. Yeah. Right. And I'm so used to being on the road for, you know, either Euphemet, my podcast, mm-hmm. or for Defy, that, you know, just the sheer lack of traveling, uh, having that space and time to deeply consider things and think, being replaced with an inordinate amount of time in one location <laughs> yeah, has just sort of been very surreal. And I get that I'm not the only one that feels that way. And that my situation is is you know really a lot better than most, probably uh, all things considered. So I feel lucky for that, but creatively I feel uh, you know as busy as ever. Yeah, I tried to like direct sort of my energy uh, to different things, mm-hmm. uh, which is essentially just sort of the organization of Defy, uh, what we can do when we return, uh, keeping track of all the best pa- practices in terms of what we may come to encounter once we're all back together in Washington Hall. Yeah. So I have a lot to think about. I have a lot to plan. And, you know, Farmer and Annie and myself, uh, in addition to working with you and Rich Bukini and some others, are, you know, are still are still working on Defy for tons of hours each week. Yeah. It's just on things that a lot of people can't see right now. Um and yeah, I can I can share some of those things, but essentially that's been a complete saving grace in this. As the rest of the world has changed, so has our internal processes, right? Mm-hmm. And it has been nice to be able to find myself again thinking a lot about Defy, mm-hmm. a lot about the fans, about the experience, about our content and everything between, and finding like that real happy place still. It's just way different. <laughs> Well, uh, before we get into some of those things and, and, and talk about the Defi- Defiance Patreon and, and things plan- moving forward, I wanted to ask you, and, and um, you know, I didn't clear these questions before, uh, you, you know, I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm curious, um, in the beginning of the lockdown, um, you know, you, you had to push the shows a little bit, and, and there was hopes that things could go back to normal. Obviously, they did not. Uh, they just got worse, and now we're... Uh, in a, in a different, uh, you know, kind of different wave of it and whatnot. But uh, yeah. you were quick to announce that there would be no Defy shows until, you know, the end of this and whatnot. Was there ever a consideration to try to push it and see what you could get away with? And maybe if you could do a show with socially distanced, with wearing masks, or was it just uh, air on the side of caution and no... Uh, you wouldn't be going that direction. What what kind of uh, was there talks about that, or or was it just we, uh, we never we yeah we never considered it once. Um, we had considered once we were through this, mm-hmm. uh, we considered a scenario where we would get through this and they would allow shows again yeah. uh, safely, but with a restricted amount of audience. And so we considered a, a lot about what a launch, what a relaunch would look like with a smaller crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how could we manage to do that and provide a similar experience? But we've never once thought about 
trying to finagle a show through this uh, and run during these circumstances. Yeah. Uh, I personally, and you know, I kind of echo just sort of the brand sentiment feel that's uh, just really fucking irresponsible right now. Um, we're talking about people's lives and I understand companies that want to do the fiscally responsible thing for themselves to try to gain revenue, to try to stay afloat. But we're looking at uh, just a complete, I don't have to say this, we're looking, we're living through a completely unprecedented time Mm -hmm. in which sacrifices are needed to be made. And if that means that we need to shut down our shows for several months and essentially kind of uh, do everything we can to keep our community engaged uh, and really like ask for some help in those ways yeah. by providing something else that could be valuable to our community, then we're going to do that. Because the last thing I ever want to do is put any of the defiance, anyone that joins us in any of the buildings that we produce shows in harm, in harm's way, you know, um, that's a tremendous responsibility that we carry. Yeah. Uh, that's number one priority always, uh, is the safety for everyone involved. That's from the people in the back to the people in the front row to the people just swinging by to see what's going on to all of our vendors and everyone in between. Um, So, yeah, yeah, Kev, I mean, we take that so seriously. Totally. Uh, You know, we're a small company. Mm -hmm. We're not a television company. Yeah. Uh, We we just want to we want to do it when it's safe to do it. Mm -hmm. And we want to do it in the most purest form possible. That's when as many of us can get together in a place like Washington Hall as we can, and we can hug and we can shake hands mm-hmm. and we can be rowdy and not worry about if we're getting the person next to us sick or if we're bringing home some sickness to an elderly relative. And just think about how triumphant it's going to be once that finally, um, you know, comes to be and, and we can all get together and safely uh, cheer on our favorite wrestlers and, and just, uh, you know, hug each other again and, and drink alcohol in uh, in Washington Hall and just uh, support the local wrestling scene and just be a part of that whole Defy experience, you know, safely. And, and it we'll have all of this in our rearview mirror. It's going to be awesome. And I think it's going to be like an epic uh, moment of just a achievement that we got through this and and we didn't risk you know doing it halfway or or hurting each other uh by just kind of you know trying to come up with something you know that we can kind of just yeah because what would that say about us i mean everything that we try to do i feel is geared towards this intent of trying to do better Mm -hmm. um and it, it doesn't stop with the kind of show that we produce i mean i think we produce a really great show but behind all of that is the fundraising work right yeah. that we we try to integrate into our entire business ethos it's engaging our community who have put together their own fundraising drives that we're lucky to be a part of mm-hmm. you know um and so that that's been fascinating to see uh during the pandemic is the amount of community members that have engaged us in working together yeah. to, to meet either like a fundraising goal and whether that is like through, uh, you know, health, uh, nonprofits, et cetera, or it's dealing with, uh, civil rights issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited that when it was really needed, 
in this country, like per my personal opinion, that time, effort, energy was put into the civil rights movement. Uh, you know, that, that the defiance like showed up for that. Yeah. And they were, they were a part of a really successful fundraising drive to help support efforts for, you know, the benefit of other human beings for the Mm -hmm. dignity of other human beings. And so, you know, it's funny, although we haven't had matches in the ring, uh, the defiance and all of us have had matches in a much different situation outside of the ring and in the real world. And we've tackled some really uh, pretty gnarly opponents. And it gives me a lot of pride and joy uh, to know that we're going to come back to Washington Hall even closer than when we left. Yeah. Because we'll be able to see each other's faces. We'll be able to embrace. And we'll be able to talk about um, all the things that we've missed about each other. And know that we've done good work with each other in that meantime. Absolutely, man. I could have said it better myself, but that's why you, they pay you the big bucks, Jim Perry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Jim, uh, kind of to pivot to a little bit lighter note, I am curious. Uh, you mentioned that there's some things that you guys are working on. Uh, would you care to divulge some of those uh, behind the scenes uh, Defy projects? Well, one of the things we're working on is a new Defy on Demand. Uh, this platform is so much more intuitive. The streaming quality is so much better. Uh, the catalog is so much better organized. Yes, uh, I had a, so I had a chance us. to look at it. It's uh, it's awesome, man. It is. Oh, thanks. Thank, thank you for taking a look at it. Oh, it's great, man. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into it, uh, actually, this coming week uh, with uh, the holidays and stuff. But it's it's top notch, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, th- I, think, it, I think it's coming out super clean. It's going to allow us an opportunity... For once we hit some goals with subscribers on this new platform Mm -hmm. to release apps too. And so we'll have a Roku app and an Apple TV app and an iOS app, etc. That'll be after we hit a couple benchmarks. But the cool thing about this app is you can use it on web platforms Mm -hmm. and airplay it directly from your phone onto any of your favorite streaming devices. And so it already makes it way easier to be able to pop it up onto your Apple TV or whatever else. I've used it a couple times. It just works super, super smoothly. Uh, And I'm really excited about that. We're also launching a new online merchandise store. This will give us a chance to offer both the products that we produce uh, locally, physically, the Mm -hmm. ones that Annie has been really so good about, um, and, and actually like defiance members on the Facebook group, et cetera, who have been really good about, you know, hey, here's this product, here are these scarves you know, here's this bag of coffee, whatever else. Those are things that we have to essentially, like we can't use right now in our normal online store. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our normal online store is basically only our drop ship items. This new store, however, allows us to combine everything in one seamless operation. Cool. And so we'll be able to sell all of our shirts, all of our wares, all of our posters, everything else, buttons, all of it on one store. Anytime we make a new drop, we're also, you know, still going to try to always give uh, patron members like the first shot in any new merch mm-hmm. that goes up and, and give you guys a heads up. This will allow us to help hopefully do that. Um, 
and throw in some promo codes and stuff like that for patrons as well. So uh, all of these things to say, uh, we're, we're trying to set up a new digital infrastructure so that um, the amount of content that we're going to soon produce once we're back up, uh, the amount of merchandise that will be available, etc. Uh, basically, we want to give everyone an easier access to the whole sort of ecosystem of DeFi, mm-hmm. um, especially as new people sort of enter you know, into the community. We yep. want to help them, you know, have a good experience with all that stuff. Absolutely, man. Well, I'm looking forward um, and uh, looking forward to, you know, checking out some of the new merch items and whatnot. And so if you are listening to this and you are part of the Defiance Patreon and uh, we definitely really appreciate you being a part of this community. We also have something going on on the 29th, just before New Year's Eve. Uh, what's going on with the Defiance Patreon? Yeah, on Tuesday, December 29th at 7 p.m., we are going to have Soterra Classic Cody Chun and AMA on our Discord. Uh, we've talked a little bit about doing that in the past. We weren't able to do a rewind this month. And so instead, uh, we're going to spend some time uh, just you and Cody Chun. He'll be able to answer all the questions about Defy, what's his plans for Defy, uh, and of course his appearance on AEW and everything in between. So yeah, join us on Tuesday, December 29th at 7 p.m. Uh, the link will be here on Patreon, and we'll see you then. Uh, do you have any words for the defiance before we jump into the interview with the baddest motherfucker in pro wrestling, Chef? Y- yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you do as a part of this community. You know, we've we've created a scene. Like, Defy is much more than just a wrestling promotion or, or a company or whatever else. It's much more than an indie company. You know, uh, Defy is what it is uh, as, as a wrestling brand. But I think what's been so much more um, uh, heartwarming, um, it just sends, like, sort of uh, shivers you know, through my body when I think about it is the community that we've built together here. And uh, that's just as much you as me or Kevin, anybody else. That's been great to see is we've created our whole new scene and it's, it's going to be amazing to see how that grows and how, you know, far we'll go from here. Jim, thanks for stopping by again. And uh, let's jump into our interview with Shaf here on the defiant ones it is the defiant ones and right now on the phone zoom device i got shaft man the baddest motherfucker in pro wrestling out in the middle of nowhere as he says uh what's going on where you well obviously it's a lot darker where you're at um right now just to you know peek behind the scenes it's 6 p.m so it is dark here in the northwest but it is way darker where you're at first off where are you right now and uh i guess like what's your location and i guess physically what are you in right now you said kind of like a trailer or this makes it sound like i'm like we're making it sort of my damn phone vibrate um it makes it sound like i'm um, i'm like coming from those location no i'm uh so actually my my covid life has been wild man it's been fucking wild but uh so i'm in east tennessee Beautiful East Tennessee. It's where I uh, went to high school. I don't know if a lot of people know that about me, but I went to high school here. My mom lives here. Uh, my little brothers live here. My dad lives here. So all the families in East Tennessee. Yeah. And life got kind of crazy. 
uh, I kind of had to go to my family. So, um, but yeah, as you can see, I'm in like some crazy shit. I actually built my own house. I'm living in a school bus that is now a house. Whoa. Uh, pretty sweet. Uh, I really love it, actually. I, I wish I, I kind of, if it wasn't so gross, I'd maybe turn it around and give For it a sure. tour. But I, ju I just moved locations, so everything's kind of like sprawled everywhere. That's crazy. So, so you're in a school bus right now. You, you said you have some dogs, so um, they got they like it there. Oh yeah, man, we love it. Yeah, we. Uh, so I'm, I'm like kind of right now in like the middle of a field. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of wild to say. <laughs> True, I'm in the middle of a field right now in uh, the middle of nowhere, East Tennessee. It's called Granger County, uh, Granger County, Tennessee. Yeah. Famous for the tomatoes. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're famous for their tomatoes, Granger County tomatoes. Uh, but they have a tomato festival like every year. But uh, yeah, it's just me and my dogs, and we're just hanging out. They're both obviously asleep right next to me, and I've just been hanging out, watching TV, and uh, ready to do some podcasting. Dude, you're you're yeah. wild, man. So uh, peek behind the curtains. You also so when you were living here in the Northwest, you drove an old cop car, and now you've you've changed. Uh, now you live in a van or you live in a bus, dude. You you make good use of like all kinds of cool situations. Oh yeah, public transportation, man. I go to auctions and I buy a bunch of public transportation for the, and I just <laughs> I just turn it into shit. But yeah, now I got. I don't have anything crazy now. I sold the I sold the the Crown Vic. Yeah. I bought a pickup truck. Yeah. I sold I sold everything I owned actually. So like when shit hit the fan, um, like I sold everything I owned mm -hmm. and I basically bought a, I bought a truck. Yeah. I bought a pickup truck, and I actually have a 1954 Mercury. Some people, if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen it. Yeah. But I uh, I post photos of that from time to time. I have like an old 54 Mercury, and I didn't want to get rid of that. So I was like, okay, sorry. It's all good. Going off. But, um, but, uh, so, so I didn't want to get rid of my Mercury because it's a 54. It's a classic, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, I didn't want to get rid of that. And so I kept that. And then, um, I, I, I sold everything else. So, I mean, I, I sold all my furniture. I sold everything. And, uh, I piled as much stuff as I could in the back of that truck. Yeah. And me and my dogs, we just, you know, crashed. And I just slept on the truck for a few days. Because <laughs> I didn't have me and the the dogs drove across the country and we pulled into my buddy's house and I'd actually purchased the bus beforehand and it was sitting in a field down the road from here. Okay, another field. <laughs> and it was sitting in that field for a while, and uh, when I got here, I moved it around and I did all kinds of crazy shit uh, with it. But eventually, it got to where it is now and I could live in it. And I've been I've been living in it now for about i've probably been living in it for like three months okay um but now you know obviously it's you know it's way it's changing constantly you know yeah. but it's livable now i've got heating and air i have um full-size appliances i've got my bed my couch i've got a walk-in shower toilet uh sink urinal I got my television, my, I got the Xbox, I got the new Xbox, I got an Xbox, I got everything. Damn, here. dude. You know what I mean? And yeah, and then me and, me and my two babes, so we're just doing it, man. <laughs> so, okay, so like, let's say we're on the other side of this whole COVID thing. Are you still planning on, on, on living in the place? It, 
Am I planning on doing what? Are you still planning on living in uh, in the van? In the bus? I'm sorry, not a van. I Speak down oh, to it like yeah, it's a van. No, the bus. bus. I'm, not, I'm not moving out of there. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. This. I mean, dude, I, to be honest with you, I spent a shitload of money on this thing. I ain't, I ain't leaving this. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's, it's really comfortable. It's. I raised the roof a foot and a half. Okay. So you don't have to worry about walking in here. You know what I mean? You're like, I mean, hell, if you're 6'6", six, six, you can... Easily walk in here, no problem. Take, take a shower in my shower. There's, there, I mean, no problems at all. Like it's, it's gonna be great. Um, it's super cool. I'm really proud of it. I did it all myself. You know, that's like, so rad. I, I've learned a, yeah, I've learned a lot. I mean, I've tons. I could, I could do anything, man. I, I welding experience. You know, any kind of, you know, woodworking experience. I can do electrical. I can do yeah. plumbing. I mean, hell, you name it, I could do it. So I've, I've learned a hell of a lot. So, uh, uh do, doing all this from that experience, is that all jobs that you've had, um, like uh, electrical work or plumbing and stuff like that? Are these all trades that you've learned along the way, or are you just kind of a handyman by by uh, man, habit? I did, or? I, did, oh, man, I did intelligence in the Navy, I didn't do this shit. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I was I worked in intelligence in the Navy, so I didn't do any of this stuff. And you know, before that, I was a bagger at a grocery store. Yeah. No, I just figured this shit out. Nice. I figured this out. My little brother's a, a contractor. Okay. So and he's really handy. So if I have questions, I mean, I won't be a dick, but he didn't really, he didn't do a whole lot. He yeah. Did, he did help me some, but he didn't do a whole lot of this. I This is damn near, I would, I mean, 95% of this is me. Um, he did a bit because he's got, he's pretty handy. So like if I yeah. have questions, he was on the phone a lot and I was like, hey, man. Like, what do I got to do? I'm wiring X, Y, Z. I don't want to burn the place down. Yeah. So that's a little nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't like leaving it too much because I'm kind of just like, you know, I got my dogs in here. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, I'm not an electrician. And I wired this whole damn place. Damn. You know what I mean? I'm like, but it's all the code and standard. It'd be fine. It's just, it's just kind of nerve wracking sometimes. Huh. But. Well, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. It seems really cool, like a cool situation you got. And you got the Christmas lights behind you, so it's even festive. Oh, yeah, man. I'm keeping festive. I got. I don't have the tree plugged in, but I even have like a little tree Ooh. dashboard. So, yeah, we're, we, we, got it, we got it all set here, man. It's pretty sweet. So these last nine months, I mean, you've been back home. So it's, it's, has it been a, a nice experience for you to be back home kind of with your support system? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a, I mean, been frustrating. I'm sure it's been frustrating for a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? This whole situation has been super frustrating for me, but, um, it's definitely been better, I think, than it would have been if I, uh, wasn't, hold on, I'm gonna get some had to go it alone. It definitely is better than it would have been if I would have been in Washington, man. I, I have friends there, yeah. you know what I mean? But I, not it's not like my little brothers you know what i mean my little mm-hmm. brothers are here my best friend's here my buddy i got tattooed on my hand i got my best friend tattooed hell yeah on my hand. he lives here he let me live at his house for like nothing yeah he literally just let me live at his house for i legitimately have lived there the entire time i've been here i just moved the bus out here i mean granted the last like three months i've been in his driveway in this yeah. thing but now i'm out in the middle of this field you know, like I've been, I mean, he let me live there. So like, it's really been very convenient and nice to have these people that, um, you know, support me and love me, uh, help me when life got really fucking hard. Yeah. So it's been very nice and I'm, I'm just grateful for all of them. So it's, I mean, 
definitely way better than it would have been in, you know, Washington, in my opinion. Well, I'm glad that you were able to make that move out there and everything. Um, now that, uh, you know, obviously nobody, well, there are some people that are wrestling, but as far as Defy uh, is, is going, they're not uh, holding shows right now during this time. Uh, what's your current, uh, do you hold like a job, like a regular nine to five, five days a week? Do you do odd jobs? What, what's your situation like? Yeah, so for a while, it was kind of just like, it actually, it actually, like, that's a, a, it's kind of why it got really hard. So I actually lost my job mm-hmm. uh, whenever I was in Washington. I worked at a, a GNC. I sold supplements yeah. at GNC at a mall, and the mall closed down, Yeah, actually, and they closed the store. And so all that, I don't know if you know Burlington, Washington, mm-hmm. but the Cascade Mall yep, yep. closed. And so um, I lost my job there. I remember, man, it was like everything happened at once. I literally was sitting on my couch and I got like a phone call saying, hey, man, like, I just, you know, I was having a rough time in life as it is personally. Yeah. And I like been like all in my all in my fields mm-hmm. and I failed a class in college. Right. Damn. And that was my fault. Yeah, you know I, mean? yeah. I failed a class in college. I failed this class in college. And then I get this phone call saying, Hey man, I don't know when you're going to be able to come back to work. Um, stuff's going crazy. I'm, I really apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, then I go to the gym. The guy who owns the gym's like, Hey man, I'm sorry, but it's closed. Yep. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, this is like my therapy. therapy. Yeah. And now I can't do this. And then Jim texted me. And I just I just sat on my fucking couch. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I'm not an alcoholic. I just sat on my couch and I was like, everything I love, everything I worked for yeah. is gone. I, I legitimately I left a job where I was getting paid pretty good fucking money. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded by people that I really cared about. I mean, I was in the Navy, man. I had my best some of my best friends in the world. We're in the Navy. I was doing all this shit. Yeah. I mean, I make, I make decent money. I could take care of myself. It's a I career. And I left all of that. And now I don't have shit. <laughs> so it's kind of like sick, man. I literally left to like chase this dream. And I can't even fucking chase this dream. It is just, it's so, it was just, it was, I mean, at the time. Now I'm, I'm in a lot better place. Yeah. But at the time, man, I was just so... I was so wrecked. So, you know, anyway, I left there mm-hmm. and then I came here and I was like unemployed. I couldn't find a fucking job. You know what I mean? And, and you know, like, oh, I don't, I don't talk about my personal beliefs a whole lot. Yeah. But I am not one for government, like to ask for government assistance. So that shit bothered the fuck out of me. So I was like, I need a fucking job. I need to take care of myself because I don't want help from nobody. I don't want help from Uncle Sam. I don't sure. want help from my mom. I don't want help from my best friend. And it killed me to be sitting at this dude's house and not not paying him a damn dime. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like, okay, so I need a damn job. So he got me a job. He got me a job at Lowe's. This dude's the fucking best, man. Nice. So he got me a job. He got me a job at Lowe's. Okay. I started working there. And so I finally, finally was able to start making some money. And kind of starting to funnel, and I started funneling all my savings into this because I, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like okay, I want to have a house, I want to, I want to have a place to live in, and now I own this. I don't ever have to worry about making rent again. I don't ever have to worry about if I lose my job again. I don't have to worry about if there's another COVID lockdown. This is shit I never thought I'd have to worry about. Yeah, but 
I don't now because I own this. This is mine. You know what I mean? And I have there's enough damn cow fields here, and my family has enough land. That's where dope. I can just bounce around from land to land, and I don't ever have to stress about that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm just I'm really fortunate like that, and uh, I at least got a job now. I'm just kind of just doing that. Yeah. But I have some other stuff in the works. I've actually been, uh, I'm actually, uh, currently waiting. I'm supposed to find out within hopefully the first of the year. I, I tried out and I, I had a lot of, uh, I went through the whole interview process for the local fire department here. Wow. For the city. So I applied down to go to the city and uh, work for the fire department. So I might, I might have that coming up in the future. I don't know. That's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. It doesn't work out, you know, I'm just going to keep grinding and figuring shit out. But that's something that I, I think would be really fun for me. So unfortunately, is you guys might have to start seeing Shaft without a beard. <laughs> this is going to be weird. It's going to be weird. I haven't, I have not, I haven't not had a beard in like four years. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be, it's going to be weird. Do you got to cut the hair for it or they allow long hair? Oh brother, it's already gone. Oh wow, okay, all right, looks good, I, looks dapper. I already lopped it all off. Nice. Oh yeah, man, I lopped it all off. It's already gone. Well, okay, yeah, man, bun's gone. It- so, um, you were mentioning how working out is your therapy. Uh, have you been able to maintain like some some home workout stuff? What's your fitness like? How how have you, how has that changed? And and uh, you know how how have you been able to maintain that or not maintain it? Well, so I was in Washington for about three three weeks after COVID. I think I left three weeks later, something like that. Yeah. And so I didn't work out like at all. I did. I tried to do some shit outside. I tried to like, you know, do some body weight stuff, and I have like some cinder blocks and like some prison shit. I tried to do that, and I did it a few times, but it's just not the same as going to the gym. Yeah. Plus, it's cold, man. Washington's so damn cold. Just yeah, absolutely. Outside, yeah. Man, it's, you know, even in the summer, it's just like holy cow. So. So I didn't really do a whole lot then, but then when I got here, my buddy actually has a uh, squat rack and some free weights in his garage. That's great. So for about, I don't know, um, gosh, I'd say, I'd say about another month, I was I was just doing that and I was just working out in the garage. Yeah. And I just did whatever I could. He, I mean, he didn't have a lot of weight, but I just. I just did my shit there, you know. Mm-hmm. I, if I if I had to do other things, I'd go out in the driveway and do lunges down the driveway with nice. the with the barbell or whatever, you know. And then I could do curls with it, you know, any kind of arm exercise. I was fine, yeah, when I got that. But then, thankfully, Tennessee's a little bit more Tennessee. Tennessee's not Washington. I don't know what the hell's going on up there, but I imagine it's not fun. It seems like it's not. Uh, it seems like everything's still very much locked down. And uh, here, it's a little bit more, everybody's kind of, to be honest, people here don't give a shit. I, I, they just don't. Uh, and so, uh, I, the, the gyms are open. I haven't heard anything about them closing, because I know everything's locking down a little bit more. Like at work, we're starting to have more, it kind of went like a little bit more relaxed, and now we're getting more restrictions. For sure. So, I don't, I don't know. Um, as far as the gyms go, if they're going to close again, I hope not. I hope we can at least keep those open. Um, 
because I know I think Jim's just closed again for y'all. I saw some people bitching on Facebook and Instagram about it. Yeah, so, and and if you try to buy weights on Craigslist, they gouge the market up so much. You get like a hundred dollars for a twenty-five pound dumbbell or some shit. It's crazy. Oh my god, man! Yeah. I remember that too because we were looking when I was when I first got here. Yeah, when everything was still closed. We were looking to like add some stuff, and I was like, "This is obnoxious." Yep. I mean, everything's like two, three times as expensive mm-hmm. as it would be, you know. And so, but here, thankfully, everything's kind of open, and you know, still have all your restrict. You have like still, you know, certain regulations and rules you got to follow. Of but for the most part, um, most stuff is open. Stuff's closed earlier. Yeah, you know, a lot of stuff closes earlier. I remember Walmart was closing at like eight. Um, Walmart never closes. That's kind of the hell. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was weird, but yeah, there's like it's it, it seemed to be okay, and as long as the gyms stay open, I'm okay. There you go. But if that closes, if that closes again, I'm gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I've been I've been fortunate. I've been able to work out some. I just you know yeah. I haven't been as as dedicated though. Yeah, because it's, it's it has been just the time. Uh, but I I do. I have I put it out in the universe to some some people. I'll put it out on here. There's a meet uh, April um, next year in Brentwood, Tennessee. There's powerlifting meet, the Tennessee shit, and my ass is going. I'm signing up as soon nice. as they open it. Steve Goggins is running it. I'm doing it. I'm putting it out in the universe. People hold me to it. All right. <laughs> so that's what I want to do. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna probably do another powerlifting meet next year. That's Sick. my goal, and that's something I'm gonna start training for. So. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to since I don't know what the hell's going on with wrestling. That's uh, like my, like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going in on that because I just don't know what the hell's going on with wrestling. You got to have something to channel your energy toward, man. That's, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. God, and God willing, the, the gym stay open. I can just keep. Exactly. And I can get at it. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your start in wrestling, and actually, let's let's go back to so, um, what was your first memory growing up of wrestling? Were were you a huge f- fan of wrestling growing up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were huge fans of wrestling. We had a trampoline in the backyard. Yeah. We would we'd wrestle on trampoline. You know what I mean? We we dug like we had a circle trampoline, but we dug four holes and put posts in. And at the time, my dad actually worked for the cable company, like a cable company. So he ran like, you know, your cable in your house. Oh, yeah. And so he had a bunch of coaxial cable. And for some reason, we thought it'd be a good idea. We ran coaxial cable oh my God. around as like ring ropes. And I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot hit that shit like a <laughs> ring rope. But we tried. We tried. And then we'd push it. We had a, like a split level house yeah so we had like an elevated back porch and so we do flips off the back porch onto the trampoline dude you know what i mean so the way we're all huge wrestling fans yeah kids all me and my two brothers you know so we all we all did stuff like that and uh yeah do you remember your first memory of seeing it like do you remember how young you were and like what the memory was do you do you have that oh man I remember, I don't remember how young I was. I mean, I had to, I mean, I had to have been, you know, around like 98 or 99 or yeah. something like that. Probably like when I remember watching it. Um, Cause I, I remember like the, a little bit before the end of WCW. I watched, yep. cause I was WCW. That's what I watched. Tennessee, I man. WWF. Yeah. And my mom, well, my, well, I was in South Carolina. But oh, okay. my mom, my mom didn't like 
for some reason, my mom didn't like Mankind, like McFoley. My mom didn't like him. He's a freaky looking know, dude. Like, she didn't like him. And so, like, we weren't allowed to watch WWF because my mom didn't like Mankind. Okay. I guess it might have been she saw him, like, getting chopped off the, 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 the Hell in a Cell, yeah. Cage or something. Yeah. Or she might have seen him do, like, some hardcore stuff, and she's like, no, you don't need that as an influence. So maybe that's what it was. But for some reason, she didn't like him. And so my dad was able to like maneuver it and get us to be able to watch uh, WCW. To watch, uh, uh, WCW. Where you're like perving out about Sorry, the Nitro WCW. Girls, right? Oh, dude, I love the Nitro Girls. Tori Wilson, dude. Yeah. On. She said that shit. She said that shit at uh, her Hall of Fame thing where she's like, I was part of all y'all's puberty. And I was like, yes, yes, Queen, you were. Yes. You were very important in my puberty. I love Tori Wilson. I had the biggest respect. See that that thing with uh, Billy Kidman or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Weren't they like that? They were like a little thing. I don't. I don't remember. But but uh, yeah, WCW. I, but I do remember going. I don't know if we ever went to a live WCW event because the only event I remember as a kid going to. Well, Booker T was there, but I think it had to have been afterwards. Because I remember the Dudleys, and I remember their pyro. I'll never forget their pyro as long as I live. That fucking bottle rocket, like, whistling in. Yeah. Oh, my God, that thing so loud. Yep. And I just remember hearing the shh, boom. And I was, dun, 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 dun. as a kid, I was, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. But I remember how loud it was. Did you? I just remember that. So, um... How how young were you um, when you joined the Navy? Were, was it right out of high school? I was 17. Okay. Yeah, I graduated high school at 17, and I joined the Navy. I signed up in April. My mommy and daddy had to sign me away. Yep. And uh, I, um, I left on the 15th, and my birthday is the 19th of July. Wow. So I left four days before my 18th birthday. And my mom loves telling that story because she's like, well, I was sitting at the house and all of your pack, all of your belongings arrived on your birthday. Yeah. She likes to talk about how all of my <laughs> stuff showed up. Yeah. The, on, on my 18th birthday. And she cried. But, uh, but yeah, I was 18. Man. I was fresh out of high school. I signed mm -hmm. a six-year contract. And I was in until right before my 24th birthday. So it was, it was an experience. Um, anything th that, uh, you want to mention about that? Like, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, what were some positive experiences with, with, um, the Navy and, and your time there and, and, and active duty? Well, I always say that like the people were my favorite and my least favorite part, you know, <laughs> like I met some of the most amazing dudes ever. You know what I mean? I met a girl when I was in, I was madly in love with yep. her. You know, I mean, she's a great person. I still, I still um, hold no no ill will towards towards her, but she's a great person. Um, all my buddies were great people. Yeah, I very much just like enjoyed all of those people. Man, they they just made everything so much fun. I, I had the time of my life, you know, and and you know, at the time didn't realize it. I was like, this yep. shit sucks. This yep. is miserable. La, yeah. la, la. But looking back on it, I'm like, wow, I got to do some really cool things. I mean, I've been all over the world, man. I've been, I've been to Japan. I've been to South America. I've been all over Canada. I've been to Alaska. I've been to Hawaii. I've been, 
I've been to Spain, I've been to Greece, I've been to Italy, I've yeah. been to the Middle East, I've flown overland fucking Africa, I've flown overland Afghanistan, I've flown off the coast of some other countries that I don't know if I should say. You know, I flew out of, you know, I, man, I've, I've been all over, man. I've seen so much of this world. Yeah. It's crazy, you know. And, and I, it, that was all before I was 25. I was 20, like 23. I did all of that uh, at the age of 23. So it's pretty cool to say that I did. Absolutely. Uh, that's very, that, yeah, it's like a, a huge part of my life. So no, uh, no complaint there, man. I, I, you know, I, I complained a lot when I was in, but looking back on it now, you know, it was a, it was a really positive experience and I'm really happy I did it. I grew up in a, a Coast Guard house, so my dad was in a uh, um, icebreaker, and he was, I mean, he went to Antarctica, that's, I mean, as far as he went, he went all over, and he was on a polar, he was on the polar sea, so, you know, he was gone eight months out of the year, but he was just having these crazy adventures, and when he would come home, you know, he would always have some little, you know, trinkets for me as a little kid and stuff, but... Just the fact that, you know, you got to see all that stuff by the time, you know, you're 23, 24 years old. That's, you know, you can't, you can't even, uh, I mean, you couldn't trade those memories for anything, man. That's epic. Yeah, it was cool, man. I had so I, I got to do so many cool things. I mean, mostly just drinking in other countries. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but it was still fun. I mean, I've done, I've done some crazy shit. I, I gave, uh, I gave. The bartender, the bartenders in Greece, uh, lap dance. I got, I got damn butt ass naked in the bar. I was in my underwear. There's foes out there. So all right, yeah. you're not gonna find them. Hey, I ladies, know who has them? You're not gonna find them. Uh, but uh, that's Patreon content. Somewhere me in my underwear, giving some bartenders a lap dance. So like, you know, just crazy shit. I, I man, I was just dumb, young, just living the time of my life. I didn't even know it. So what brought you to Washington? Was that the Navy, Bremerton? Yeah, the Navy. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, I was stationed up there. I was stationed in Oak Harbor. Okay. So yeah. Would be yep. yeah, it's the air base up there. And so the squadron I was in, that's where they're located. Mm -hmm. And so I based out of there. So I moved up there in like 2011 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was there pretty much from 2011. I left, I left when I got out for a year and that's like when I, I went to Chattanooga, Tennessee yeah. and I trained wrestling in Atlanta. And then I came back, um, after that, uh, because I met that girl mm -hmm. and I really liked her and we moved in together and I, I lived in, uh, Anacortes. She was still in the Navy. Anacortes so is beautiful. Yeah. I with her, she was in the Navy. She did her Navy thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then, you know, we ended up splitting and, uh, I stayed cause I stayed because honestly, I stayed because wrestling was good. Yeah, I was having my life wrestling, man. I was doing, I you know, had things not gone the way that they did with wrestling. You know, I had some conversations with it with them, and you know, and and it ended up all going really like it, it just it kind of all just fell into place, and it was going really well. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, the way things went, like I had some cool shit planned for for this year. I'm not gonna say it. Because I really want it to happen. Yeah. And sometimes when you say shit, it just doesn't happen. But I had some cool shit. I was talking to some people doing some cool shit this year. Um, but I had some cool plans. And then now here I am just working the lows. Well, you, I mean, you did leave Washington, just maybe not under the same, you know, 
Uh, not oh, under the same circumstances. Stayed in Washington if I could keep wrestling, damn it. Um, so okay, so uh, so when you leave the Navy, uh, is that your plan? Is to, is to join a wrestling school? You said you wanted to follow your dream of being a wrestler. Was that the plan? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I also got out because I was like, you know, young and salty, and I was like, ah, I hate the Navy. Uh, they were just assholes. They, yeah, uh, they're trying to ruin my life. The government. Uh, but uh, I left because of that, kind of. But then I also, it kind of almost started like a joke. I don't know how many times I've said this, but like, it kind of was like, because when you get out, they hound you, man. They hound you. They're like, so what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? And it's like, you know, I'm 23. I'm sick of their shit. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I'm like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to go be the world's heavyweight champion. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I was like, all right, I'm going to go be the world's heavyweight champion. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, just leave me alone. I'm going to go to wrestling school. I'm going to take all this money you're giving me and all these sweet things, and I'm going to go be a pro wrestler. And they're just like, you're an idiot. You're not going to do it. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. You're stupid. La, la, la. You know, because they're, you know, not all of them. My buddies were like, fuck yeah. But, like, some of the people in charge were like, you're an idiot. You're wasting your time. Yeah. This is dumb. You know what I mean? Go to college. Go make something of yourself. Some of my family said that, too. But uh, I was just like, you know what? I was like, I, I, I kind of just said it, but then, you know, I got to Chattanooga because that was originally my plan was like to just go to college, live with my little brother, get my degree and just figure life out. But I was there, you know, and I was talking to uh, the girl I was dating and I was just like, you know, I was like, man, I was like, should I really do this? She's like, yeah, She's like, you should go. And I was like. I was like, I was like, man. So I was just like, okay. I was like, I guess, because I'd been like looking at schools, and I found the WWA four down in Atlanta, because uh, pretty much it was that, or it was like drive a little bit further to go to Ricky Morton's place and Chucky. Okay. And so I was like, I was like, you know, I, I, in my, I have a friend from high school who went there, and I was like, well, I was like, I was like, let me go to the WWA four in Atlanta. It's a little bit closer. I'll check it out. We'll see. And so I just pulled out the money. And I, I pulled out the cash from my from the ATM. And I just drove down there, and I got kind of signed. I kind of looked in there. I saw them, and I, I was like, "Yeah, I was like, I want to do this." I was like, "Here you go." I was like, "Here's some money." I was like, "Make me a pro wrestler." Yes. So he kind of he kind of just laughed. He's like, "You don't want to tour or anything?" I was like, "Nah." I was like, "I was like, I'm here to do this." And so we kind of just like started rolling with stuff. It's kind of funny. And when you say he, uh, Chef, let me let's stop you. When you say he, do you mean Ar Fox? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. you got to train with AR Fox, awesome wrestler and independent. Uh, a lot of people may know him from Lucha Underground. Um, and uh, yeah, so huge, huge uh, name on the indie scene and stuff. So you see, so you say, like, make me a wrestler and then uh, continue. So sorry, I just needed yeah, to get yeah. that out I mean, there. I mean, currently at that point in time, also, he's training Austin Theory. Yeah. No, and he's currently training Austin Theory. Little did, did we all know. I mean, we kind of knew. We kind of knew. But, like, you know, little did we know how quickly it would happen. Yeah. But, you know, he's training Austin, you know, and, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm like, just do it. Because I, I was also super into Lucha Underground at the time, too. Yeah. I was big in Lucha Underground, and he was just about to debut. Yeah. So I was like, hell yeah. You know, so a little, and it kind of just all worked out. You know what I mean? Like, very, I love, like, when shit like this works out because, you know, come to find out he had, like, really cool shit going on. Uh, and ended up being pretty influential uh, with Swerve. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And then me and Swerve ended up meeting and we kind of had a thing going and, and defied. It was just it was just cool, man. Like everything just kind of always just it's just nice how it all kind of works together and kind of just all it just kind of all meshes. But yeah, um, you know, he was doing that. And then I joined. I started wrestling. And then shortly afterwards, Leon Ruff. Mm-hmm. Another one. Yeah. Now Fox signed up. Now you're seeing him on TV too. Yep. It's, just, it's crazy. AR Fox is just like, the dude doesn't get enough credit. He definitely has trained some serious talent out there. Georgia's got some talented people. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of those guys. I mean, I mean, you put on AEW Dark. I trained with like a lot of those people. That's dope. I've wrestled a lot of those people. I've trained with a lot of those people. So tell me about your experience there at, at WWAA, or sorry, was it WWA4? WWA4, yeah. WWA4. It was, uh, it was great. I mean, I mean, my whole thing was like, I mean, like I said, I didn't live there, so yeah. I drove like two hours one way just to try. Man. Did you so take to it pretty quick? Monday, did, you, Tuesday, did you take to it pretty quick as far as like the physical aspect of wrestling and everything? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, sit here and just be like, wow, I'm really good. But, like, I, I think I kind of – I mean, I, I've i only been wrestling for four years, and I haven't even I haven't even wrestled all year. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, three years, and I know I, I've, I've worked with a lot of these guys. I've, mm-hmm. I've done a pretty – I had some cool shit lined up. Man, I'd been – I'd be all over the fucking place now if COVID hadn't happened. I don't want to say that, but. God damn, man. I just, I really do believe that. I, I really do believe, like, I think I, I genuinely think I'm probably one of, like, the, just the people who just, like, COVID happened. It's just, like, fuck off. Uh, well, it's, like, the I, exact I, same thing with um so many, you know, I uh, do a metal radio show, and there were so many bands that, like, uh, the band Code Orange, they were set to just do this world tour, and they put out their record right before the lockdown, and so it's the exact same thing, you know. Um, you're about, yeah. you've got these plans, you're about to take off, and, and it just kind of, <sighs> well, I guess it just pushes that a little bit further down the road, but, but you That's know. Cool. Yeah, exactly what we're going to say. We're going to say, just push it down the road, it's not going in. Exactly. We're staying positive. But yeah, so it's just like, you know, they just, uh, I don't even know what the hell I was. I don't even know. Oh, it's all good. So um, I believe that I saw your first match at Defy was um, kind of one of one of the smaller, it was like the only, or one of the only small shows on the in the uh, basement of Defy. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was your first time um, there. Uh, what, wh- how did you hear about Defy? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Yeah, so um, I um, I knew about Defy because of Cody. Yeah, right? okay. I heard of Defy because of Cody, like I think most people had, you know, and I knew that they existed, and that was my goal when I left. My goal was like, okay, this is where I want to be. I was, like, I was like, at some point in time, I had like a date. I was like, I was like after this many months, I was like, I want to get a match here. It was a lot sooner that I got a match there than I thought it would. Uh, I basically showed up. I think I got there in like, I think I, I moved in like at the end of September, mm-hmm. right? And I went to a, I went to a ECCW show. Mm-hmm. And because I, they, they, because I didn't, I, okay, so I didn't reach out to Defy at all. Yeah. Because I was like, pedestal, right? I was like, oh, Defy, yes. Yeah. Um, 
but I reached out to like, I think I reached out to three, two, one. I reached out to, for sure. I reached out to ECCW. Okay. I reached out to some other like podunk places, but nobody emailed me back. That's the thing about fucking wrestling, man. If these, I, this is, this is something I just want to say. I don't know who's going to listen to this. Fucking respond to emails. Okay. Just respond to a fucking email. Even if, right, the answer is no, I don't want dick to do with you. Just fucking respond. Okay. Have some common decency. Okay. Because that's the one thing that drives me up a damn wall. It's like, and, and this is mostly frustrations of me right now. But anyway, I digress. Like, I emailed ECCW and they're the only people that responded. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going. Like, you tell me a day, I'm going. They're like, just come, watch a show, um, meet some people, do some networking. Yeah. So I met some people. I met Drexel. And I met, I think I met Ethan as well. No, I didn't meet Ethan until, I, I did meet Ethan, but I didn't meet Ethan until, we didn't have to talk until Portland. Okay. So I met Drexel. Drexel's like, hey, I run DOA. Come down to DOA. So I went down to DOA. He ended up sliding me in a match. I had a quick little match. I talked to Ethan, and I said, he gave me a big list of people like of like these are all the promoters in the area this is who you need that's badass thank god you know thank god thanks like, ethan the yeah. people i met were the people that i met because yeah. i met like the right people yeah you know what i mean like the, just good dudes who like were there to help me you know what i mean not yeah. to just like they weren't there to like put themselves over or anything they were good people who wanted to help me meet good people yeah so the, he was like, he gave me a huge list. And then when I had that huge list, I emailed everyone on the list except Matt Farmer. I didn't, I didn't message Matt Farmer. I just added him on Facebook mm. because I didn't want to like, you know, because I didn't want to like shoot my shot too early. I didn't want to blow yeah. my load too early. But I'm not going to lie. It was like two days later. He sent me a message. Ooh. He's like, hey, man. He's like, hey, man, we got a show. I heard you're in the area. Do you want to come and do this? <laughs> I'm. I'm like 90% sure my response was fuck yes. I think as legitimately like as professional as I get. I think I just said fuck yes I'm there. And I, I was there. Uh, you didn't even have to say nothing. Because I, like I said man like I was living in Tennessee and I'd heard of this company. I yeah. didn't really hear of any of the other companies. I'd heard of the five. Yeah. And that's why I was like that's where I want to go because they're the only one that I knew of especially being so far away from everyone. And so I don't know how I still to this day don't know how the hell uh farmer like I don't know how he knew what he knew, but he knew something and he messaged me and it kinda just you know, I don't know who told him, but whoever it was, thank you. And it kinda just all you know That's it, awesome. It all just started happening, man. And it and it there did was it did throughout the videos and it did happen quickly and you started to have some really bangers man like some of the matches like you versus brody king you uh you know some of these big matches and and um you know within the first few months what are some um memories uh or moments that really stand out to you as like awesome awesome moments for you as you're rising up the ranks of defy definitely something i will never forget is me and clark connors as long yeah as I'll never forget wrestling Clark Connors because that's the first time you experience that crowd. And that was like the first time that I experienced that crowd. Yeah. I think we might have been the first match on the show. Mm-hmm. I think we might have been the first match on the show. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, man. Like, I don't think I had it. I remember 
I could hear them. And I was getting physically ill. I was like, I'm going to fucking puke. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. This is it. I'm going to. Because they're so fucking loud, man. They're so overwhelming. It's mm-hmm. just like. But the, the thing that you don't realize when you're like that, when you're that young, when you're like that new, is that that's easy, man. That's because they're. That's, that's, that makes it better. Because you, you can go out and fuck up and they're still going to be like, you're the greatest. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just like I just went out and I was just so scared of like because they were just so loud for Migs. Like Migs yep. just going out there to just go say what's up. Uh-huh. And they are just ripping the roof off. And I'm just like, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit. So uh, that was I'll never forget that as long as I live. It was just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And nerve wracking and scary, but man, was I, I'll never forget as long as I fucking live when I caught fucking Clark Connors for that catch suplex and I hit him. That fucking I'll never forget. That's the first like pop I had ever heard in pro wrestling. Yeah, like, for me. Yeah, for me. Like yep. legit one for me. And I was just like, these people like me. Yep. I was like, they like what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, this is cool, man. That's awesome. So. It was like the first, like, legitimate, like, these guys like what I'm doing. That's so cool. So, it was just, it was just cool, man. It was, that, that match is like, something I'll never forget. I'll never forget the day after Wrestling Brody King, any of the times, because how could you? That's a fucking fight, dude. Yeah. God. Doesn't feel good. (laughs) No, like, I'm like taking ice baths. Like soaking myself in Epsom salt, and then I'm like looking at him, and he's on fucking TV the next day, and I'm like, "Well, uh, I'm like, cool. I guess you're okay. I'm not. I limped out of bed to the bathtub this morning. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing fine. So I'll never forget that. Uh, Shane, wrestling mm-hmm. Shane, that was awesome. That was cool. Cause, cause when I showed up, that was the fucking dude. Yeah. Then I was the first fucking local dude to go at the dude. Yeah. That meant a lot to me. You know what I mean? It's like cool. Here's this kid, two years in the business, going at this goddamn guy who's this mega star. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was man. I just, I was so grateful for all of it. I really am. Like it was just, I, I'm so grateful for every experience I've had up there. You yeah. Know? I mean, obviously, some of them, some of them are a lot more meaningful than others, just personally. Mm-hmm. But like, I, my God, Jeff Cobb. Yeah. I, I, he's a guy whose fucking footage I watched when I was like, this is a guy who's killing it on independent wrestling. Yeah. He's a guy who I want to, uh, not necessarily like imitate, but emulate. Yeah. Kind of like, like learn from. Got, yeah. We kind of look. We kind of got the same body style. Yeah. It's like. You know what I mean? And he and he and I can do the same thing. Like, you know, something I always thought when I was training was like, okay, I'm like 6'2", 260, or at least 6'1", 6'1", 260, right? I'm like, John Cena can do it. I can do it. Yeah. So that's why I always like try to think. I'm like, John Cena's doing some shit. I granted John Cena looks a million times better than <laughs> him, but whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just was like, if he could do it, I could do it, so. And same thing with Cobb. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I just watched a lot of his stuff. Nice. Cool. There's just so much stuff, man. I, I could go on and on. I'm, I'm sure I'll sit here. That photo of me, Randy, uh, and Shane with SCU, 
It's that awesome. So fucking cool, man. It's awesome. Wrestling the Lucha Brothers right before Double or Nothing. Crazy. Literally right before yep. Double or Crazy. Nothing. Crazy. Yep. Fucking cool. You know, I mean, I've, you know, I've done so much cool shit. So, Shaft, let's fast forward a little bit. So, let's fast forward, obviously, like a year, year and a half or so. You're gaining momentum. You're killing it. People loving you, you know, and then take me to the night when you do what you said you were going to do to all the people in the Navy and you win that championship belt. Take me to that night. What was that like? Oh, sick, man. It was sick. I don't want to be super arrogant, but I knew it was fucking coming. Yeah. I knew it was coming. It had to be coming. I fucking knew it, man. I was like, I literally, I mean, I was waiting. I was like, when's this fucking going to happen? I was like, I mean, the fans are yelling it at my face every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same feeling I have right now, to be honest with you. Like, and this is like not trying to sound arrogant, but at the same time sound fucking arrogant. Like, I get, like, man... Like, I get comments. Like, you know how many times I'll go flip on an indie wrestling match? I'll scroll down in the YouTube section, and they're like, guys like whoever's in the video and Shaft should be signed. Hammerstone screenshots videos of a fucking MLW comment section that says sign Shaft all the fucking time. Wow. Like, I'm just wondering if any of these assholes are reading it. I really <laughs> am. I'm, I'm really wondering if they're reading this shit. Yeah. Because, dude, the amount of time... Like, the fan, like, it happens all the fucking time. Like, I feel like, golly, this is going to be so arrogant, but I don't fucking care. I feel like I'm such a goddamn obvious choice that people just fucking just forget about me. I really fucking think that. Hmm. Because I look like a goddamn pro wrestler. I act like a pro wrestler. I'm pretty fucking good in the ring. Like, I, I know what I'm saying. I know how to talk. I'm professional, right? You're hidden I in plain sight. Time. I don't miss bullshit. I, I don't miss bullshit. Like, yeah. I legitimately, like, there are people who come, like, the amount of times I just flirted with, like, all of this stuff is insane. But, like, it's just like, oh, I just get so frustrated. I don't even want to go, I don't even want to go in on it. But it's the same feeling I have right now about all of this yeah. that I had. Because I would just be sitting there and I'd be like, I'd let's be like, go. Right. When's it my fucking time? Yep. Because even building up me versus Shane, I was like, is this shit going to happen? You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Even, even, because I mean, I was just, yeah, you know, I was just going and then Shane brought me down. But, you know, he needed to, you need to, because you can't let the, you can't let that young guy just think he's hot shit. You know what I mean? He's got to, you know, he's got to learn what he's doing. Yeah. So, I, it was just like, it's that same feeling where I was just like, you know what? Like, it's gotta fucking happen. It's gotta fucking happen. It's gotta happen. And then they booked the match, and I was like, "Is it happening?" I'm fucking taking it. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. And so it was just a and man. I tell you, man. Yeah, it was just the the photos like West got mm -hmm. of like me winning that fucking belt. Man, it's just one of the coolest things ever. It's just one of the coolest fucking things ever because yeah. there's so much going on you know what i mean and not only that not only that my grandparents were there yeah all the shows for them to just randomly show up at and i mean that like that's epic i don't believe me but my grandparents randomly showed up to this show i mean of all of them yeah like, come on like it was just so amazing 
was so amazing. It was just the coolest night ever. It was just something I had been like yeah. dying to fucking happen. I was waiting for it to happen, and it did. And it was just like, <clears throat> hell yeah, I'm the fucking guy. You know, you get to like, you know, just makes you feel good about yourself. Try not to be too cocky, but at the same time, sometimes you just gotta like, just, you just gotta enjoy it. A yeah, hell yeah, man. You know what I mean? How many Defy Champions have there fucking been? Piggybacking off that last question uh, about that moment, and and this might sound a little cheesy, um, but I am curious. I mean, this is the Defiant Ones, and this is a Patreon podcast, so the people that are listening to this are already a part of the Defiance. So if you can, you know, kind of speak, like, what does the Defiance mean to you? Oh, am I going to be super, super, super sentimental? Um <sighs> I mean, they definitely are a lot, man. Those guys, like some of those dudes, some of those dudes are, some of those people do a lot more than like than they know. They they make careers, man. Like legitimately, some of those fans make careers for people. I mean, like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna sit here and speak for somebody else, but yeah. those dudes, like like Cody Chun's on AEW now. Mm-hmm. You think that would happen without those guys? I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Those dudes are like so persistent and they're so devoted in like how much they care about us. Like, and like they're like you, like I said, you flip on some of these fucking uh, shows and I'm all over the comment section. Like, they are so like persistent in like their support for us yeah you know what i mean these guys are great you know what i mean they buy your merch my god man some of these dudes shout out i'm sure he's gonna be watching this shout out to jesse that motherfucker owns every single thing that i've ever made he's the first the hat because he won't wear a hat i just tried to give it to him he's the first person i looked at i was watching when you won the title and i looked at his reaction just because i know how much of a diehard and he was freaking out he came unglued man I did too. I did too. And I love, I love when he fucking, what's that other guy's name? I don't even want to say his fucking name. Just fuck him. He's a loser. Uh, but he always goes at, Jesse always goes at him. And I appreciate you <laughs> talking about Fucking, fucking. Fuck he's, he's probably watching too. Fuck him. I don't like it. Uh, but you know, Jesse's just like, a, he's just a dude, man. You know, Alan as well. Alan as well. Right? Shout out to Alan. Like, and there's more y'all. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not going to like mention all y'all's names, but like, some of these dudes are just like so great. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just buy like every single thing, you know. Damn, Jesse even bought a stupid ass card Ethan like made. You know what I mean? <laughs> so these guys are just like so supportive of you and what you're doing. Yeah. It just makes you feel good about yourself and like I, I don't know if they really understand it. You know, but they really they really do like make it I mean, I mean, that's what it's for, man. Yep. Like, like, what else would I be doing this shit for if it wasn't like to have that interaction and to, you know, what I mean, to make them enjoy something because them enjoying it also makes me enjoy it. It's yep. just this wonderful like give and take relationship. You know what I mean? Like, there's man, I got photos with those guys that I'll I'll keep for the rest of my life. Yep. Where there's like some of us, like there's one in particular. It's like there's like all of us. Like lined up, they're all wearing my fucking shirts. Dude. That's awesome. Like, and we're just like, in this photo. Like those guys, man. They 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 like grabbed me, and they were just like, "Nah, that's our fucking guy." Yep. You know, that's our guy, and it was just like so. 
you know. And they're just great, man. Those people are just, they're wonderful, uh, awesome dudes. And I, I, I legitimately, will, I'll never forget any of this as long as I live, you know. And I'll never forget some of them either. Definitely not. I will never forget some of them as long as I live. And, and the interactions with the shit we have done just while wrestling. Yeah. It's just been fun, man. It's been so much fun. I love it. Chef, I know it's getting late from where you are, where, over where you are over in Tennessee. So I do have one last question for you. Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it and show it if you can. Scar on my body? Yeah, and tell us the story and show it if you can. It's so funny. It's so funny because I used to have a scar. Man, I'm covered in tattoos now, bro. You are, yeah. Um, I, I had a, a scar on one of my hands and hilariously enough when I was younger. I used to tell everyone I fought a bear, and I had this Ooh. elaborate story of how I fought this bear at the Blue Ridge Mountain, <laughs> North Carolina. I mean, it was this elaborate story I used to tell. Um, the Legend of Chef. Oh, that's a good one. Hold on. Can you see? Which eye is it? I don't even know. This right here. Oh, I here. see it. Yeah, see it's kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was um, almost lost my eye. I Jesus. Was, um, I don't know, maybe 10, I was 10 years old. I was laying on the, I was laying on the ground. I was, I was looking up, like laying on the ground, looking up at the TV. I was watching TV uh-huh. and all of a sudden I just, wham. I was like, what the fuck? My little brother had a model car and on the model car, it comes with like a little tool that's like this big, but it's a plus and there's different, uh, you know, whatever's on them, tools on them. Yeah. And my dad, thinking that this would be a great idea, tied a leather strap to it so he could wear it around his neck while he's tinkering with his his um, car. And that little that little asshole, he is, you know, he's six years younger than me. So if I was like ten, he was like four. That little asshole had the the string and he whipped it up and he smacked me right on the face with it, and it hit. There's like a, there's like a, I don't know if it's an artery or a blood vessel, but there's something in your eye right here. Dude, I, there was so much fucking blood. There was so much fucking blood. It was all over our, our living room. It's everywhere. My little brother almost, I mean, I almost don't have an eye. I mean, and it's moved too, because you could see. I see a divot, yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 28 now. Yeah. So, I mean, think of all the growing I've done. It was like right, it was in the corner of Jesus. my eye. Jesus. Shocked, I, I still have an eyeball. So, bye bye, bye, Gave you the hard way. Blood everywhere. That's gnarly. <laughs> yeah, brother. Right on. Dude, Chef, so thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. Do you have any final words for the Defiance and, and the Northwest? Uh, let's fucking wrestle, man. I'm yeah. sick of this shit. Let's fucking wrestle. Ah, that's all I got. Damn it. I just want to wrestle. 